Welcome to LifeWorks, where we talk about life and work and making it work. I'm Hannah Greenstein, a from mompreneur on a mission just like yours, to live the mompreneur life that brings me feelings of balance and inner peace and joy. Here, I hold space for you in the many roles you play as a from mommy business owner. Join me for support, mindset, techniques, and tools around productivity, focus, and work-life balance so you can feel in balance and at peace. If you can find excitement and joy at work and at home, you will thrive in the roles you play and feel fulfilled by your life's work. And that's what I want for you. So let's get started. Today's episode is one you don't want to miss if you are juggling raising a family with building your business. Brooklyn Dukes, my incredible guest, has tremendous insights when it comes to parenting, when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to blending the two with compassion and empathy for the parents and the kids, and just such refreshing insights that really bring clarity to what our goals and roles in these situations are, and she offers such practical advice to help us achieve those goals. Brooklyn is a teacher educator and a parent coach passionate about social emotional education and play-based learning. She was a preschool teacher for eight years and has a master's in early childhood education from Erickson Institute. Brooklyn is committed to supporting a conscious, positive, and loving relationship between adults and children. People say it takes a village to raise a child and Brooklyn is here to be part of yours. This episode gives you a peek into her incredible insight and empathy and I encourage you if you are a parent Find her on social media, check out her website, get connected with her because her work is so incredible and you want to be learning from her. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Brooklyn. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Hi, Hannah. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So am I. I really think that you have so much insight that's just going to be so valuable to listeners. So before we dive in, can you just share your background, what your journey has been, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, on one foot. I was a teacher for eight years. I have my master's degree in education, bachelor's in education, and I really love working with kids. I have a real affinity towards children, and I always have. And at a certain point, I just realized how much I loved working with families also. And then I sort of branched from there, and now I work as a parenting coach. Um, working one-on-one with parents, helping them understand their children's behaviors and how they participate in that dynamic, and also just learning to balance it all as parents and what that looks like when there's so many pieces of our lives. And so I think that's kind of what we'll talk about today. Yes, totally. And I'm so excited. I have my number one question for you today. As a mom who runs a business, who spends my whole day talking to moms who run businesses, there is so much guilt. There is so much talking about what we don't do and what we're not available for and what we don't have time or energy or headspace for. And I just want to know, what do our kids actually need from us so that we could focus on giving them that and stop feeling bad for not doing all the things? Yeah. I think that's a really awesome question. So there's two parts of this for me. One is figure out where you're leaking your energy in things that are related to your business, related to school life, related to parenting, and then stop doing it. (laughs) Whatever is sucking the life out of you that you hate doing, delegate it, ask for help. It is worth the money when you can do it. I know that's It's a big jump to do it, but I really believe that it is worth the money to pay for someone else to cap a spot of your energy, wherever it's leaking out of you. You know, for me, I, you know, this is, this is one that I've come to do on my own and it's taken a long time. I, I hate packing lunches. It's really, really hard for me, right? So me capping my energy leak looks like chicken nuggets that are frozen, stick them in the oven, takes a minute and a half, you know, like that. Healthy food can happen at other times, right? So capping those energy leaks, whatever that looks like, if that means carpool, if that means, you know, hair, if that means homework assignments, figure out what it is that's sucking the life out of you and try to let it go. If that means work and, you know, all these tiny pieces, ask for help, get someone else on your team. A big part of me expanding my business was hire an assistant. I was able to grow so much more when I wasn't doing stupid things (laughs) that I didn't want to do anyway that were draining my energy. And that really is just boundaries. That essentially is boundaries around 
you know, our kids are going to get the best parts of us when we do that, when we stop doing the things we hate doing. And that happens just from experience and getting clear on what feels good to you and paying attention to what feels good and what feels exhausting. And I think there is this very uncomfortable narrative of how exhausting parenting is. And it is because you're full-time responsible for a human being. And on the other side of that, like, we can always bring more ease into our life. Like there's always going to be hard parts and I really deeply believe and it's something I am trying to constantly do and build this muscle that like there is space for making things easier. There is space for letting go of things that don't matter, right? Yeah. You want to wear the same shirt two days in a row? I don't care. You want to wear pajamas to school? Go right ahead, right? Like let it go. All the things that we're trying to control end up just controlling us. Let go of the things you can't, do the things you can, and that's like number one. And that looks different for everyone. And then right. the other part of that in terms of like interactions with our children specifically, like what do our kids actually need? This is something that comes up a lot. I and mean, it's something actually I notice it's, it's most difficult with our oldest children because they're the ones that were present for them 100% of the time. And then kid number two comes along or three or whatever. And you're like, now I have to divvy up my attention, right? So it almost gets more natural for some people when they're, I mean, right. other things come into play, obviously, when you have more children, but your kids can play by themselves. It's a really, really beneficial thing for children to play independently. The most I find that where, like, where you get your money's worth is the moments where you're caretaking. The things that your kids need you for, right? Dinner, bedtime, bath time, getting dressed, brushing their teeth, that's where your money's worth is, right? Make those moments the most enjoyable. Those are also happen to me the moments where we're the most stressed out because we're like, this is the part I'm actually responsible for. I have to make sure you eat your protein. I have to make sure you go to sleep on time. I have to make sure that the dentist doesn't yell at me the next time I have to go. But those moments are so meaningful because they're the ones that our kids actually need us for. And that really sends a beautiful message to our kids when we can show up there with our full attention, with our full energy and presence, whatever that means, right? Like, okay. You know, right. we're, we're, go, we're aiming for our best we can here. Not We're not robots. It's not 100% capacity. That's not how this works. It's as much as I can do right now. Putting down your phone for those times and being present and silly and playful and energetic. Those moments where, where we say, I like taking care of you. This feels good to me. I enjoy our relationship and this is an important role in my life. The other moments of the day, it's okay to let those go. It's okay if you're cooking dinner and they're playing. It's okay if they're watching or reading or doing anything independently. That mom guilt that creeps in, what's the point of guilt is to tell us that we're doing something wrong, right? And it actually just almost negates our positive experience that we could be having, right? right? It almost right. keeps us from having a good experience when we feel like we shouldn't be having a good experience. So if our kids are happy, healthy, safe, and comfortable, then we can let that be. We don't need to be in their space. We don't need to be like cooking dinner over here or on a call over here or working on a plan for tomorrow. And like also our brain thinking like, am I spending enough time with them? Are they okay? Right? Like quiet that part, focus on what you can and show up during meal times, bath time. And obviously you're not necessarily doing all five of those caretaking activities always right. do the ones that make sense for your schedule do the ones that you're able to do at those times and if you have a co-parent with you obviously they're also able to participate in that but that's really where you can put in some like delicious meaningful time with your kids. right i saw this from you and it was like major moment for me you shared on instagram making caretaking playful sends a message to your kids i enjoy taking care of you and i never i had never thought about this right and i never thought about that aspect or that benefit and that just brings to light like the flip side is Taking care of you is a chore that stresses me out, but it's a chore that I'm gonna do regardless. Regardless, the kids are gonna get dressed or have their teeth brushed. It's just a matter of what am I telling you while I'm taking care of you that hit me as so powerful. It is, and it's honestly like, for me, I really struggle during transitions personally. I have a very hard time, especially in the winter, <laughs> getting into the car. It's very hard. The, the whole process of leaving the house, getting in the house, it like makes me want to cry just thinking about doing it. I'll do anything to avoid that. But if I can get into the headspace before of like, I'm going to hold my child's hand. 
I'm going to be present while I hold my child's hand walking to the car. I'm going to count the number of times I'm buckling with them. I'm going to be playful with them and tickle them after I'm done buckling them. I can make that moment that really doesn't feel super good feel better and and it's gonna like you said Hannah it's gonna happen either way and how much more powerful and meaningful is it for not just my kid but for me right. to have a good time doing it is, is it a little bit of hard work to get into that headspace absolutely but it's a lot less hard the rest of the time when I'm in a comfortable space than if I'm just right. you know it's like when you're late and you feel like your whole day is like kind of unraveling and you're just like ah I mean, only for people who hate being late. Do they say that? I, I hate being late. But um, yeah. I think that is just such an important thing to be able to check, like for me to check yourself and notice that like feeling of almost unraveling when you're losing it, when you're tired, when there's been tantrum after tantrum and you have work to do and you have a class to record and you have this to do, whatever, you know, if you have a meeting, if you have a work call, if you have this, like it's going to happen at 5 p.m. regardless. It's still right. 4.30, so what am I doing now, right? I have the capability to check myself and get into that headspace. I can do that by being present right now. I don't have to stress until 5 o'clock. Obviously, easier said than done, but noticing in yourself, right. you know, for me, my chest gets really tight. I start feeling panicked. I start feeling like suddenly I have to run and rush and all that, and then I'm like, oh, oh, there's that feeling again. Whatever that feeling is for you, sweaty palms, headache, fogginess, whatever, if you notice what that feeling is and you notice what's happening inside of you, then you can be like, oh, that's just my body reacting the way it does when it's stressed. I can calm myself down. I can do something about that. And I can empower myself to change the way I'm interacting with the situation. Right. Love that. So good. I'm going to ask you a question that I've had for a long time because people love to talk about quality over quantity and your kids don't need so much time with you. They just need quality time with you. And I get that. But only to an extent. And my question to you is what extent or how do you speak to this? Because I am sure that if kids only spend five minutes a week with their parents and it's super quality five minutes, that doesn't, it doesn't do much for a relationship. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. It is very, we live in a time that I think is so challenging for so many of us. It's really hard to balance it all. And I think we're really hard on ourselves about balancing it all because we're like, well, you know, my parents did this and like, this is just how it is. And, and we don't actually stop to think that like, really many of our parents didn't do this. And many of their right. parents didn't do this. You know, a hundred right. years ago, we had aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, all living in the same house. It was not two parents to a bunch of kids or two parents to yeah. even one kid if you only have one kid, you know? It was a much more community-oriented situation where you just had a lot more hands-on stuff happening. So I think that does change in terms of some of our community is our children's teachers now. Some of our community is our friends who can help out, right? So that's part of that quality time and connection, right? That is a big chunk of that. Getting people mm -hmm. on your team who can contribute. I do not think it is a reasonable expectation for many parents to spend hours a day one-on-one -on -one with their children engaged the whole time. I don't think that's reasonable for anybody with anybody. Definitely not small people who take right. a lot of our energy, right? So what I would say is, this is just one tool and you can adjust it as you build your muscle, right? Some people, an hour doesn't feel long. For me, it feels like a very long time, right? So this is a tool that I suggest when people are sort of building their muscle in learning how to balance things, right? Set a timer, set an alarm for the time of day where your phone is down. It could be 15 minutes, right? And being present. And again, that quality over quantity that quality time could also just be during bath time, bedtime. That is part of those minutes, right? right? So imagine right. you're just fueling a gas tank. There's not a certain number of minutes that works for every kid or anyone. But part of being an attuned and conscious parent is paying attention to our kids' behavior. When we see that they're having a hard time, we're gonna have to fill up their gas tank a little bit more often. They're burning more fuel. We're gonna read a few more books then. We're gonna be a little bit sillier for longer then. We're gonna do a few more check-ins. We're gonna get them back to that like balance. And when we're see they're, they're thriving, they're doing good, they're feeling good, they're hanging in there, you know, then we can, we can, we, it's just that balancing game of like, I, oh, I see they're doing good. Okay, I'm going to be able to focus on this for a little bit. Right. You know, I'm going to be able to devote more of right. my time to my afternoons to this. 
and then we bounce back. And we think like that's just part of parenting, but it's part of life. Like that's just everything. There is not one aspect of life that does not ebb and flow. And knowing that when you're in those tough parts, like one of the number one things I say to myself is, I'm gonna give myself three weeks. If this is still happening in three weeks, mm -hmm. I'm gonna get myself help. There was a time when my son was having a lot of issues with keeping his mouth closed and he just couldn't, like, physically. He was struggling and I was really worried about speech and da 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 and I was like, okay, like, I'm gonna reach out. I reached out, but then I was like, maybe it's getting better. Like, okay, three weeks. Right. He, he wasn't able to like, he was drooling a lot. He started sucking in his spit like three weeks later. I'm like, great, okay, we're yeah. hanging in there, right? Give yourself a few weeks to check yourself in and see if this season is gonna pass. We're gonna be in a right. new season, right? Winter's hard because it's cold. Spring is hard because the sun is setting later so the kids are going to bed later, right? There's different parts of every season that are gonna be challenging. And just know that whatever part is challenging right now isn't always gonna be there. It's gonna pass, we're gonna get through it and reminding yourself of that to kind of push through to that, okay, maybe there's just a lot more quality time that needs to happen right now. Maybe there's a bigger quantity of quality time that we need Right. and I'm gonna be able right. to dial back soon. And I'm gonna be, you know, like knowing that there's an end in sight. That's so good. I love that to wait three weeks and your reminder that the quantity of time we're spending with our kids could either be quality time or not. So when you're bathing them, if you use it as quality time, then it's just that much more gas for their tank. 100%. And you know, something we talk a lot about like these days is love languages. And it's really interesting. I think that there's not too many kids that have one really strong love language. The exception would be kids who, who may be sensory seeking, who really right. like love physical touch. Right. But as adults, many of us have very formulated love languages based on what we got as kids, etc. But our kids, we can kind of pay attention to what feeds them, but quality time, checking in with them, five sentence rule is a great one. Like doing a five sentence back and forth, be like, oh, tell me about what you're working on. Oh, you're building a house? oh, you're putting the people in the house and they're celebrating, they're celebrating a birthday. Like even just like doing that back and forth, even just repeating what they say and checking in and hearing them, you know, at, we need to do a lot less repeating as our kids get older and our children are older. We can right. have a little bit more of a back and forth, but doing a five sentence check-in, like just with your kids every so often, you know, quality time doesn't have to be getting a manicure with your daughter and it doesn't have to be out of reach. Like I think sometimes we make that up right. in our head that we have to take them out on dates and we have to, you know, and sometimes that's easier, but it doesn't always mean we're more present or that it's filling up right. our kids' gas tank right. necessarily. So checking in with yourself about that. How can we be empathetic to ourselves and the exhaustion of parenting and working on giving ourselves space and time for everything that we're balancing while still showing up for our kids with like that positivity and that excitement and playfulness. I think it's really important to pay attention to burnout. Burnout is not a sign that we should keep pushing. <laughs> burnout is a sign that we need to get help, right? And I can think of 100 excuses right now why I don't need more help with one thing in particular. And I know, right, like there's not enough money, there's not enough time, I can't do that stuff. When we are ready to get help, there's nothing we can say that will keep us from getting it, right? right. And before right. we're ready to ask for help, there's a hundred things we can say that are gonna right. stop us, right? When we're exhausted, when we're burnt out, when we're feeling like I just can't handle this, that is not a time, like that is a signal to ourselves that we have to address something, right? This is not, it's not sustainable. And you know, yes, it might pass if it's a season you're in and maybe, you know, maybe just hanging in there for a few weeks, but ask a friend to do carpool. Ask a friend to do a play date so you can get some time, right? This is where it's so important to expand the people that are in your circle to get help. It means being vulnerable. It means being a little bit uncomfortable. And it also means that you're going to feel better. So are you going right. to just be uncomfortable asking for help? Or are you going to be uncomfortable not asking for help and just suffering with all your kids screaming and you want to tear out your hair, right? So being empathetic to yourself does mean asking for help. It does mean you need to get support elsewhere. In the wintertime, it's really hard for me to get out. I'm happy to ask my friends, hey, you know, are you doing carpool today? Do you mind dropping off my son on the way home, right? And then I'm often energized enough to return the favor the next day and right. say, hey, you know, happy, right. I'm happy to drop off your daughter on my way home. And that feels really good for everybody. And then we can really function at a much higher 
What was the second part of your question? Can you remind me? Showing up still with positivity and playfulness. Yeah. If you're feeling like you can't show up that way, then that's a good signal that you need a little bit more rest, right? And maybe that means right. it's a show day, right? Maybe that means it's a play day day. Maybe that means, you know, there's, there's a lot of conversations about not being a martyr and asking for help and all of these things. And I think they're all really important and it doesn't mean that it's easy, right? Oftentimes when we're burnt out, it's even harder to access skills that we're not strong at. So if one of your skills that is hard for you, or if you have a, a less skilled area in asking for help, or if you have a less skilled area in, you know, being vulnerable or being empathetic to yourself, then it's going to be challenging. It, it's going to be hard right. to do when you're down and when you're tired. And also, right. if you do it then, it's going to be so much easier to do it from then on. And it's going to benefit your kids right. so much. It's going to, it's just going to help everything, right? That's also that piece of energy leaking, right? If I'm losing energy somewhere, cap it, right? Stop losing right. it. There's a leak, close the leak. Things are going to just flow more efficiently, right? That's the, that's the idea. So good. I'm going to ask you one of the most popular questions that I'm asked. I think you might be the person with the insight to answer it. I hope so. Yeah, it's it's like such a big one. And I mean, it's really personal. It's the type of thing I think that everyone needs to work through with a coach, but for the general answer, everyone I talk to struggles with whether it's all the time or some of the time coming away from their business, right, which is in a sense their baby and something that they do because they love it or they're passionate about it or it gives them something, right, because you have to be benefiting a lot to be willing to put in this amount of work. And now it's not time to work on the business anymore. It's kid time and they just want to get back to their desk. They don't want to hear about their kids day and they don't want to play with their kids and they don't want to interact and they just don't want to get into mommy mode. Like they just want to be back at their desk. I had on Sarah Cornblit and she brought up a really interesting insight that maybe we feel more competent in our businesses than as parents. Like parenting is just essentially like very often a string of failures, right? Like things that we're just, we're constantly learning and growing. And at work, we could feel super like competent and in control and we have it together. And so that could be one aspect of why we so badly want to get back to our desks. But what do you say to these moms that just don't want to be momming in the moment and they really feel like their work is calling them so much more? Yeah. Well, I feel ya. <laughs> I definitely yep. have that experience. It's not unique. And what I'll say to that is a couple things. What am I getting out of my business? What is it giving me, right? I find for me, right, some people love like the idea of building things. Some people love teaching. Some people love coaching. I, more than any of those things, I love creating things. I love making new platforms. I love figuring things out for parents. I love coming up with new games and tools and ideas for families. And it's the most exciting part of the process for me. And for a big part of my life and things that I find fulfilling is creating an excitement. And there is a very real reality that getting on the floor or making dinner is not exciting for me. It's not. Right. And I taught preschool for eight years. So let me tell you, like <laughs> even for people who love kids, it's also challenging, right? For me, I, I remember in the days when I would babysit still, I'd be like, what do I do with just one? Like I need 16 at least <laughs> to be like on my game, you know? Like it's very hard. It's not always feeding all of those pieces. So what I would say is get in touch with what it is that you love about your business and see if there's something about parenting that you can make that happen for, right? Mm. I know there's something I'm working on right now in my parent-child dynamic that is a little bit challenging. And that idea of a challenge <laughs> is a little exciting for me. It's not the same level of excitement, but it does help me engage. It helps me be present. And you know, mm. when we set an intention of what we want to get out of our parent-child interactions, right? Or what we want to give, right? So, I mean, it's not all about me. It's not all about my kid. It's not just for him and it's not just for me, you know? It's for both of us. It's for, you know, everyone in my family. And I think that it's not always that easy. It's not always exciting, but kind of setting a goal in your head, which there, it doesn't always have to be productive. It doesn't. But if it's specifically challenging for you, I think it can be a really helpful tool to show up in a way right. that helps you sort of 
set what you want to get out of that moment. And then the other thing is, again, if you have like clear boundaries around where you're devoting your energy. I personally think it's very, very helpful for me to just have a pen and a notebook down because I like, as soon as my phone is down and parenting time is happening, I am coming up with like idea, 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 yeah. idea. Like it's very, very hard for me to keep my phone down. It really is. So I right. need a place to write it down, drop all my ideas down, throw them in a notebook and then continue on my way, right? Um, right because that's going to help me be present and also giving like I won't be able to focus if I'm thinking of a new business right now like there's just no, it's not a realistic goal for me and you know it's okay to not always want to be with your kids it's a really wonderful thing to have an identity outside of mommying it's a really wonderful thing to get comfortable in your identity as a mom. It took me a long time. You know, it's kind of funny. This is a little personal, but you'd think because I'm a teacher, I was a teacher for so long and I love children and I work with parents, like it would be a really natural thing for me to become a yeah. mom. And it was actually really challenging for me. You know, it was a very hard process. I thank God I had an amazing therapist and I was able to kind of come to a place where I'm feeling so good about being a mom and that identity now. But it is hard and I think it's really right. important to to get support in that area and to know that it's normal to want to have an identity it's normal to be confused about what your identity looks like in relation to your kids when you are in that mom role and to figure out what does it mean to you what do you want what do you want to feel like when you're with your kids right if you don't want to feel like you're constantly on your phone or you're constantly trying to get back to your desk which is okay to feel that way number one it's totally right. okay but if you want to be focused on something else, get clear on what what you want your interactions to your, with your kids to look like. And if they're little right now, and it's especially hard to think like, what do I want them to look like when they're 10, 15, 20? And then like, how is this shaping that, right? How can I show up now to make this meaningful now, but also how's it gonna affect my relationship down the road? And also right. there are gonna be times when your kids are gonna see you working and that is so cool for them, right? It's so cool for our kids to see us be passionate about things and for them to know that one day they're gonna grow up and they get to be passionate about things. And honestly, it gives us a lot of empathy for our kids and realizing that like, sometimes, you know, there's parts of things we don't feel passionate about in life and we do feel passionate about in life. And there's, you know, it, it feeds different parts of us. And sometimes it can be, you know, just on the flip side of what I was saying before, I guess, like, if it's not exciting for you, like, that's okay. Maybe there's something else you're supposed to be getting out of parenting. You right. know, maybe it's supposed to be soothing for you. Maybe it's supposed to be settling. Maybe it's supposed to be, you know, teaching you a new part of yourself or a new muscle that's really challenging. For me, I really, like, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I really do find such a value in seeing things through children's eyes. Like, they are looking at this in a way that I would never. And I love re-experiencing that. Like, I love seeing that again. And, like, seeing that lightness and that playfulness is actually something I really aspire to have in my business, right? Like, right. and I can learn right. a lot from watching my kids play and and be wild and have fun and, like, I almost feel like sometimes we're like, I'm trying to get back to that in so many ways and like unlearn all of those hard parts of myself that have hardened right. over the years and have been rigid yep. and strict and like hyper-focused and just letting myself get back to that space. That's actually a great time to build that muscle and be like, okay, how am I going to show up like this in my work? And how is that going to benefit me? You know, when I'm like soft and playful and silly, I think of things that like probably no one's ever thought of before. And that's so cool, you right. know, um, and so right. valuable, even if it doesn't become a business idea and I don't become a millionaire off of it soon by both of us. Um, <laughs> We're on the way. Yeah. Amen, sister. Amen. Yep. But yeah, I think it's really valuable thing to just be able to build new muscles and right. discomfort is a really valuable thing. Also being a little uncomfortable can teach us a lot more than being comfortable can. So yeah, I guess that's two sides of to totally two different sides kind of, but I right. think it, it can be helpful to think of both depending on where you're at. So. So good. I love that. I feel like every podcast recording I do, like all, all the recordings I have, somehow there's an underlying theme that just runs through all of them. Like, and we talk about so many 
different things, but somehow they all just complement each other, which is so fun. And I love so much of what you're saying is just, it's about reframing and it's about thinking about things differently. And then so then you show up to them with a different energy and then you experience them differently. And I actually not so consciously used the, the tool you mentioned when I found that I was really impatient after work hours. Like I just wanted to work. I didn't want to be with my kid. I didn't want to play with him. I didn't want to take care of him. And when I thought about it, I thought that it might be coming from what I get out of my business is that fulfillment of building something big. Like I have always been a dreamer and I've always been changing the world and like sitting on the floor with my infant baby really didn't feel like that. And so I would sit there like building block towers, thinking about like how this is like healthy attachment. This isn't a block tower. This is attachment. This is like creating a healthy father to raise a healthy family. Like this is an entire life, an entire world that I'm creating and, and, it, and it helped like, and over time I just felt so much more connected to that role as a mother, like that, I, you know, that I was doing something important. Um, and that, and that it yeah. was accomplishing. And so like tapping into what, how that filled me up, made it actually fill me up. And then I had patience again. It makes me so emotional. I'm not like a crier, but like, I do want to cry thinking about this. Like Sometimes we zoom out so much that things feel insignificant and sometimes we zoom in so much that we don't understand how important our role is. And I think it's a really beautiful idea, you know, just like in Judaism, there is an idea in Judaism, you know, and every blessing we talk about, you know, our forefathers and, you know, the God of Abraham. And it is so beautiful to think we, you know, in some ways it feels small, but like, we're a long, 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 long line of people who raised their kids. You know, every single important person in the world had a mother. And every right. single mother is a really, you know, like it's an amazing, amazing role. And like, it really is such a blessing. And we have no idea what we're building. We have no idea. Right. So that it's really exciting and empowering, but like there is, you know, a part of parenting that is about letting go and surrendering a little bit. Like this isn't a totally different person than me. It happens to be that sometimes I feel that that's really hard to remember. But like when you see that and you look at them as like separate from you and you can say like, wow, I have no idea what they're going to do. They're going to do something amazing. And, and I have no idea what it is. Maybe it's literally just opening the door for someone and being a kind person forever, you know, all the time. But like, Thinking about that and like how powerful it really is, is just, it's so exciting and like it's really, it's emotional for me. Like what a powerful role we do have and complex, so complex. (laughs) But I really do resonate with that idea of like, there's so much coming after us too, right? You know, it's not just our business right now. There's so much coming after us and like we're leaving so much behind and this is part of it our business also might be part of it you know yeah every important person had a mother I love that I think we do so much talking about our role as a mother about how much it entails and how exhausting it is and we zoom in so much like you said that we lose sight of what a big role it is it's it's like being a mother like what is it beyond bath time and bedtime and laundry and dishes and dinner but really it's everything beyond that yeah It is. It's pretty cool. And it's always evolving. Like our relationship, it's really our experience is so impacted by, you know, where we're at and where we're holding and what we feel. And it's never going to be the same. And in some ways, that's really sad. You know, in some ways, it's like, wow, like these days do go by so quickly. And I do like that, even though it can be intense to think about, like it it does help me keep myself present sometimes and reminding myself, like, this is as little as they're going to be today. You know, this is it. And tomorrow, even, even like every tiny skill, I'm like, wow. Like any, any new step, any new, like added word in a sentence or anything like that. I'm always just like, right. Wow. You're just, every time I'm amazed by you, I just realize that you're your own person and you're getting bigger and it's not always going to be like this for better and for worse. You know, it's not always going to be like this. So. Yes. Now I invite my membership members to submit questions to podcast guests. That's one of their perks. So I have a question for you from our LifeWorks Empowered member, Goldie, who wants to know, I try not to take work calls when my kids are around. However, it's not always avoidable. 
Naturally, when a mother is on the phone, children always have something to share, and it's always an emergency. My question is, how can you take work calls while shushing your kids without them feeling upset or like mommy's ignoring them? Going to a quiet room isn't an option, she says, in her home. And the more you tell them one minute or ask them to wait, the more persistent they become. What's the best way to make our children feel like our only priority when work does get in the way? Well, they're not your only priority. So let that go. <laughs> it's okay to have other priorities. It's okay if they're your number one priority, right? But it's also okay to have other priorities. And this is something interesting. This is very hard for me, but it's gotten easier because of COVID, actually. I really think the world is more flexible. It's as flexible as we're going to make it. If I'm on a work call and I say, hold on one second, I just have to talk to my daughter really quick. That is telling the person I'm on the phone with that my family's a priority. I'm still being respectful to them by saying I have a boundary. I'm going to look at my daughter and say, okay, what's going on? Tell me. Okay, I'll be with you in, in about five minutes, okay? If you want to hold my hand while we finish the call, you can hold my hand or sit on my lap while I finish the call, but we have to do it quietly. Does that sound good? Now, me doing that presently might take about 30 to 45 seconds, but right. it's a little bit easier than doing it eight to 10 times, five seconds each, right? Right. It right. is so important for our kids to know that, yes, they are important. For the other people we're talking to, to know that, yes, our children are important. And for our kids to know work is important. And for the people on the phone to know that we're, we're trying our best to be present and, you know, we're juggling things, right? We can right. make things more flexible by just being upfront and direct and honest. If I'm, ha you know, this is something that has, you know, like sounds so simple and easy to do, um, but just being clear and upfront about what's going on with everybody. As clear, you know, like if I'm on a work call, but like, you know what? My son's upstairs. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> My son's upstairs. I have very poorly, you know, what's the word? Ambiance. I can hear him stomping around above me. And I'm a little bit distracted by right. the noise. That's just the truth. There's nothing I can do about it. It's Sunday. There's no school. But you know, that's just part of life a little bit and being more flexible, doing what you can, but not making yourself crazy, you know, asking for a play date, but if it doesn't work out, okay, fine. Just so you know, when you answer the phone, Hey, how are you doing? Great. Thank God. Just so you know, my kids are home. So I might be a little distracted today. I'm going to give it my all though. Let's try to be out of here by 2:45. Does that sound good? Sounds right. good to me. Okay, great. Get clear from the beginning, set those boundaries, tell the person you're on the phone with, be clear, be as clear as possible. Does that sound like, does that sound like I answered your question? I got a little yes, there. totally. And in terms of the interaction that you're having with your daughter while you're on the phone, what are you making sure to include her so that she feels important without allowing her to overstep your boundaries? Yeah, I would say eye contact. You don't have to make them have eye contact, but if you are giving them eye contact and they're not doing it, that's totally fine. Just make sure your eye contact is there. Um, you know, muting your phone for a second, <laughs> putting yourself on mute so no one hears you, and and talking and touch. You know, some touch feels really good to kids. That that's those three are really really important. If you can be a little bit silly, if you can be a little bit lighthearted, if you can say, hey, let's go get some crayons and paper, sit right next to me, and we'll we'll work together. You know, we'll we'll make this work together. Right. Or, you know, it's okay to put something on if you gotta put something on during your phone call and it's a really important phone call or you know also saying like actually I have to reschedule today you know this is just right. not gonna there's just no way I can do this at the capacity that I want to do it it's really valuable to me and it I won't be able to focus at a level I'm comfortable with when my kids are screaming in my ear that's just how it's gonna be right. you know right as someone who like comes to work-life balance with like a very practical, tactical approach, my go-to response is like, no calls when the kids are home, redo the schedule. But yeah, but that's not always possible. I, I really right. try to like minimize that as much as possible. Get a babysitter, right. get some help, whatever, step out, get in the car, you know, ask a neighbor to come over for a minute. But when you can't, you can't. So in those yeah. moments, that's what I would do. Right, exactly. I have another question for you from another LifeWorks Empowered member, Rifka. It's a pretty vague question though. So I'm just going to throw it at you and you'll like pick whatever few minute answer Sounds you want to give it. She asks, and she's asking, I guess, specifically um, relating to being a business owner and juggling everything. What about children with ASD? How does parenting special needs impact it all? <sighs> So I don't have a special needs child, so I'm just going to start with that. This is maybe a vague answer. I'm not trying to sound unempathetic with this answer, 
But what I'll say is every single kid has their own needs. Every single parent has their own needs, right? There is not one situation that is copy and paste. You know, everyone has, you know, especially these days, I feel like therapies are just becoming more and more mainstream for children. You know, you do what you got to do. I, I don't know. The difference is going to be practically. You might have more therapies. Practically, you might you might need more self-care. You might need more support from outside organizations. You might need more um, support from friends or family. You, you might need to get out a little bit more by yourself or with your spouse and get some one-on-one -on -one time. You might need someone to help you like a coach or someone who really understands autism or any kid on the spectrum or any special needs situation. You might just need a little bit more support and, and guiding the specifics and the day-to-day -day of what makes sense. Specifically, something I do in coaching, which is, I think is a very valuable reframe to get into, is this reality that we all have very different skill sets. Some of us mm -hmm. are very highly skilled in one area and some are very highly skilled in other areas, right? Now, practically, a kid on the spectrum is going to have a very different skill set than uh, even between children on the spectrum, there's very different skill sets. So I, I right. obviously don't know background information here, but picking out the skills that your kid is good at, knowing what your child is good at, and letting them own those strengths as much as possible is so important. It's so important to feel capable and good at things. And also knowing, okay, you know, flexibility, not our strong suit, right? Transitions, not our strong suit. Bulk up your support during times like that. Bulk up your support in navigating those moments with weaker skills. And, and just even being able to name them, naming the things that are hard for you, pointing those out, being clear on what is challenging is really the first piece of even knowing what to do next and getting right. the support you need. Fantastic. I have a question for you. How can we communicate to our kids about our business and how important it is, whether it's when we're setting boundaries, right? Like about them not coming into an office or not disturbing a call or even needing to go out with the babysitter because we need to have a meeting. How do we communicate that to them in a way that will empower them and show them what's possible and share with them in a positive way how we are a person outside of just their mother and caretaker without making them feel resentful or you know second on the list yeah something we do a lot in coaching is setting boundaries around what we can and cannot make our kids feel and we can't make them feel anything. That's just the honest truth. We can't make them feel resentful. We can't make them feel happy that we work. What I will say is when we notice things are getting resentful, it's this is sort of tricky, but it has less to do with us going to work and more to do with when we're there and we're not present, right? If we're yeah. picking up on that dynamic. The other piece yeah. of this is we sometimes get so far into our kids' boundaries that we start making up feelings that they're not having, right? Yep. I remember when I had a newborn and uh, under one-year-old, and I would, I would tell my therapist, I would be like, I think I traumatized. I, I have a master's degree in education. I just want to be clear <laughs> on that, right? Like, I understand how trauma works. I think I'm traumatizing them. Like, I just don't love being a mom. And they know. And, they, and they're feeling this. And they're picking up on it. And she was like, is your baby happy? Is your baby sleeping in the crib right now? So wh why are you in your baby's head? Get out of your baby's head. That is a boundary crossing. Stay out of other people's heads. That is a boundary crossing. It's the most important thing I ever learned in my life. It is not my job to feel feelings for my child that they are not having, right? It is not even necessarily my job to feel feelings for my child that they are having, right? right? If I see my kid being resentful, that's a message to me that I need to communicate. If I see them saying, you always go to work, I miss you, we can just say, oh, it's really hard when mommy goes to work. I also sometimes miss you when I go to work. It's hard for me too sometimes. There's parts of it that are hard for me. I love being your mommy and I love to work and it still is hard, right? Asking them questions about it. There are so many truths that are real for our kids. It's and, we always use and. It's I love being yeah. your mommy but I go to work. You know, you, we don't have to use but. We can use and and teach them the nuance there. Our kids are way more capable than we think they are. And also just talking about your job and how much you love it to your kids once in a while. They're like, you know what mommy does at work? Should I tell you? I talk 
to other mommies and daddies and we talk about their kids and sometimes their kids are feeling sad so I say oh you know this is a way that you can help them when they're feeling sad and you're gonna use it at an age-appropriate voice and level right you're not gonna right. talk like that to your 11 year old or your 15 year old people right. always say that well, like, well my son's 15 so I can't say it to them like, okay adjust for your 15 year old and you know I'm not gonna use every age yeah. voice here but um I think it's really important to just tune into your kid's experience and not into your experience. Like let's not project mm -hmm. our feelings or worries onto our kids. And that right. starts with really clear, good boundaries. And I think that does start with getting help from a therapist or a coach or just being mindful. I don't think you always have to have a therapist or a coach, but I think if you're feeling weak boundaries and, and being unclear on this, this is a really good place to start getting right. clear on that. Fantastic. And that's a really good first question. Like, are you feeling guilty about going to work? Are you worrying that your kids are resentful or have your kids told you or shown you that they are resentful about you working so much. Yeah, exactly. Check in with the facts. Is, do you know for sure that this is true? You do? Okay, then do something about it. Are you maybe right. thinking it's your fault? Are you maybe, right? Like I do that plenty. I, I spend more time worrying about how, you know, on, on job is actually, I was like, oh, I wish I could just like connect more deeply. And I'm sitting there, my son is literally smushed up against my side. And I'm like, I wish I could connect more deeply. I just want to hold him and snuggle him. I'm like, wait, he doesn't like being held or snuggled. That doesn't feel good for him. He's sitting here reading a book by himself. If I want to connect with him, I could do it in a way that he wants. Oh, he wants me to read him a book? Okay, I'll go out of my comfort zone a little. And I'll read him Joseph's Little Overcoat for the 100th time. Fine. Like, part of that is just a reality check. Snap out of it. Stop thinking so much. Do. And just move it along. Like sometimes we're like yeah. almost like too intentional. Yeah. Like, right. you know, it's good to be intentional, but then like stop and action, you know, like don't just get, right. don't get stuck there. Right. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Do you have one either resource or form of support or boundary or technique that you have implemented as a mom juggling a business that you're couldn't have done this without. Honestly, other women, I need, like, there is a very real reality for working moms that is different than working dads. And, you know, it's okay for it to be different. I love to work. There are also times when I'm really drained. And there's right. something really beautiful about our feminine sides, which is sort of being in our feelings a little bit, you know, after I just told you to stop overthinking too much, now I'm talking more about being in your feelings, but it's okay to slow down for a little bit. I actually right. just had a really low energy two week period for the last couple of weeks and I just had no energy to post on Instagram, nothing on social. I'm really tired. I'll actually tell you guys, I'm launching an app, which is going to be a membership community, but it's an app basically of all my classes, podcasts, articles, and it's been taking a lot of energy from me <laughs> and I'm really excited about it. It's also giving me a lot of energy. There are a few right. bumps in the road this week that were just exhausting. I got a sinus infection. I got an ear infection. Mm. My recordings came out unclear. So then I was like, okay, I am not racing anybody. There is no one I am racing here. Get that idea out of your brain. It's okay. Mm to just slow down, change the launch date. You know, women have just a different plate. It's not necessarily more or less. My husband does plenty, but it is a very different. Emotionally, yeah. I have a very different mental load. Even if my husband does a lot, I tend to just be the one to delegate the stuff that I'm doing. My husband's not delegating to me. I you know, I right. tend to be the delegator, which means that all the things I'm delegating are on the 200 laundry list of things that I have to do, right? Happens to be, I don't do a lot of the dishes, which is fine. But I know it's something my husband does. I know it's something that's not on my plate. And it's still something that, you know, is in my head. So of course, talking to other women about what they let go, it doesn't mean it's the thing that you have to let go. The dishes doesn't have to be the thing that you let go. But talking to other women who own businesses, getting advice, being open to a suggestion, being, you know, if you feel really like, you know, get just learning to like pay attention to your own reactions to ideas and things and, you know, beliefs that you think maybe like there's no way that will work if I try it. Like, try it. Find out if you try it. Like, push yourself to try new things and new directions and, you know, get a little help. There's no way I can afford that. Like, tr like you know, there's hard lines and there's also some like softer lines. So kind of getting to know that dynamic, I guess, a little bit. It's a little bit all over the place of an answer. But women who are experienced in business are really, really wonderful resources to people who are starting out or people who are not right. starting out who have been doing it for a while but need help and support. So that's what I would say is like yes. my number one 
thing and I don't think I would be as successful as I was if I hadn't spoken to other people who other women who own businesses and are killing it so <laughs> love it Okay, and we always end off the podcast with this. What doable and impactful action are you challenging listeners to take right now? Choose one caretaking activity, whether it is teeth brushing, whether it is doing bedtime, whether it is dinner time or getting in the car or getting dressed to be present and silly with your children. This is something that I think comes much more naturally to men because they don't have 200 things in their brain necessarily of the things they have to do. It is a little bit easier for dads to get into that playful state. Build right. this muscle, moms. This is gonna change your relationship with your kids. Kids who feel like their parents are interacting with them just because they like to, and not because they have to, and not because they're just firing off direction after direction, backpack, book bag, did you do your homework? Did you put your shoes away? Did you get your clothes in? Did you put that in the laundry basket? When our kids feel like we are interacting with them just because we like to, it is going to change the way they feel. It's gonna build their self-esteem. It's gonna shift their behavior because I'm gonna tell you, kids who feel loved and connected to are just gonna be more cooperative and behave well and are gonna be able to be a little bit more successful. Not that behavior is the end game, it's not always, but if you're seeing challenging right. behavior, a little bit more playfulness just for the sake of being silly, a little bit more of connection and interest. You know, it's why, you know, are some of our strongest friendships are the friends who make us laugh because it's not just the no. friends who's asked me to pick something up for them all the time. My greatest friends are the people who just wanna hang out with me for being silly. They're not asking me for parenting advice every time we hang out. They just wanna hang right. out with me because there's a whole other side of Brooklyn that's not just a parent coach and not just a mom, right? I just enjoy this time with you. That feels good to me and I can do the same thing with my kids. So that's what I would say. Choose one part of your day that's a caretaking activity and show up in a way that feels good for both of you. So good. And so for listeners that want to learn more, hear more, connect with you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Brooklyn Dukes, B-R-O-O-K-E-L-Y-N-N-E Dukes, but very I'll long link it for them. I'll link it. You, <laughs> you can find me in the app store shortly. I'll be under the village. It's going to, the app is called the village, which is what you guys need. It. You need a village, right? And you can find me at brooklyndukes.com where you can book coaching sessions and reach out about getting a class going if you want to learn more and things like that. So that's where you can find me. Fabulous. And I'll link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much, Brooklyn. Right. There's so much good insight there. Thank you, Hannah. I loved, and I feel, I feel like I learned some stuff too that I wasn't really thinking deeply about, but like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to pay attention to that. So I right. feel really good also. I'm glad, I'm okay. glad we did so this. Happy. Thank you for challenging me with those questions. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me today. As always, head to lifeworkspodcast.com because that's where the party's at. Drop a comment, hashtag iLifeWorked on this episode to let our community know that you took the challenge and encourage others to do the same. If you want to hear more about what I do for firmompreneurs and how we can work together, reach out, Hana at lifeworkspodcast.com. Wishing you a day of work and life that work to bring you tremendous fulfillment and joy. Till next time, I'll see you here and again. Thanks for being a part of our incredible community. Thank you.